Welcome to Turning Purple, where we take an in-depth look at life as an independent artist. The good, the bad, and the kiki carry of it all. Do you love, love, love Turning Purple? Do you love it so much? Can you not get enough of the dulcet tones of our sensuous voices? Well, I've got amazing news for you. Fantastic news, y'all. You can get even more on our after show, After Hours. After Hours. Now available at patreon.com slash turning purple. An extra hour every week. Every week of the Kiki and the carry of it all, darling. So subscribe to our Patreon and you get not only do you get after hours, but you also get access to our entire catalogs of musica. Music. That's right. You can get all of our tracks and an HQ, ex- darling. HQ. And an extra hour, an extra episode every single week for the low, low price of $10 a month. That's not a lot. It's not that much. It's really not that much. So support us on patreon.com slash turning purple. Oh, hi. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Uh, hey there. How you doing? Hey, is that um purple glitter I see upon your ears? It is actually. Oh, okay. Cool. It is purple glitter because um, your sometimes ears. one must bring it for to serve to the children. Ah. So that is what I'm trying to do. Some people today, you know, some people have purple glitter in their ears, and there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. <laughs> I think not a damn thing wrong with not that. Not a damn thing wrong with that. Some people need uh, a little ear bling. Ear bling. Ear bling. Hashtag ear bling. Hashtag ear bling. Get I it. really like the way that it looks. I don't know. It really just like I I can't. You know what's funny? I can't imagine I've my actually, beat without it. Now I've actually done a glitter ear before. No, I did. No, you didn't. Um, you it liar. wasn't my idea. But was it Rainblow? Yeah, it was Rainblow. Mm. When Rainblow did put me in drag for, I think I told this story. Um, when when Rainbow Rainbow put me in drag and it was New Year's Eve and I went to the Roxy and I made them let me in for free and five of my friends. <laughs> ah, yes. You had glitter ears. It was, glitter, it was the glitter ears It was a gold glitter it. ear. I think it was the glitter Must ears have been. that probably Must have been, it. obviously. Rainbow is amazing. Amazing. Rain, a legendary New York City Now she's in LA. Legend. Yeah. Uh, now she's a hairstylist. She's a hairstylist. Professional. You did a uh, song. I did a couple for songs for her. A couple her. songs for her, right? East Village One Cocksucker. East Village Cocksucker, which had a porn video. A very pornographic very video. Very pornographic video. And um, if y'all want to... I'm probably in. Out, it's out there Is somewhere. Is it still up there? Who knows? I, who knows? You could, it's called, the song's called East Village Cocksucker, if you yeah. really want to get into it. And the other song was called... Shits East Village Cocksucker. Horny yes, ass motherfucker. motherfucker. It was very controversial. Very controversial. <laughs> And the other one was called Shits and Giggles that I did for her. Actually, when she moved to L.A., she like I, we did it via the interwebs. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so revolutionary. Yeah, it was at the time. <laughs> yeah. Rev- resolu- resolutionary. Resolution. We need a resolution, as Aaliyah would Girl, say. Girl, 
We do need a resolution. We ain't need no resolution. resolution. There ain't no ain't no resolution in sight, y'all. Uh, this is season two, episode number five. That is that is correct, right? Um, and we are still deep in the shit storm. Uh, our state's gonna be closed for another month. We just found out a couple minutes ago because uh, yeah. they tried to open everything back up. Reclosed. Reclosed. They had opened. They had opened, and then we were at like we were. Over 3,500 new cases a day Ugh. for the past, like, two weeks. Out of control. And <laughs> they finally were like, like Let's, maybe it's not, maybe it's the not a great idea. time to, yeah. Oh, God. Um, well, I upped my dose, so. <laughs> did you? I did, and I feel seemed, much yeah, better. You seemed like you were getting a little down. I was getting a little down, and I was just like, trying to fuck with, like, when I took th- my regime mm-hmm. um but the other day i was just feeling pretty shitty so i was like you know what i don't have much to do today i was like i'm gonna give myself a break i want to be high today so i was like i just added a little more mm-hmm. and i felt great i didn't oh. feel like out of control or right. too high so that's how much i'm taking what day from, that's how much i'm taking from now on just the other day like two days ago hmm I mean, I didn't notice, but you take it at night, so like you probably. I've been take, I'm taking it during the day again now. Oh, really? Because I up my dose. Well, we'll see how long it lasts. Hopefully, Erica, I won't have to keep Erica's adding more experimenting, every month. <laughs> experimenting with microdosing mushroom magic, magic mushrooms. mushrooms. Yes, and uh, it seems to be effective. It is very effective. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty good today, and I was feeling pretty good yesterday. But the world is currently burning, and it seems like it's yeah. only going to get worse from here, dark lick. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm kind of uh, feeling pretty good today. <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> no, I definitely care a lot. But um, <laughs> uh, we're just going to... But we got to do what you got to do. We got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And currently, we're doing this. We gotta carry on. We gotta carry on, and I remember. I recall, if if one will recall, mm-hmm. uh, last we spoke, listeners, I had said that I was going to share with y'all. Oh yeah, some I'm so things, totally we just said this. Some things that um, because we had asked y'all earlier on if we were, you could help us with branding. Yeah, we were asking who who are we? What. You know, we were trying to think of branding titles for titles, ourselves. All, whatever came and, to I actually whatever came to your mind when you thought of us. Yeah. Um, poor Adam Joseph didn't really get any, but but I already I had got a few. Some. You were the one that was really. I like, was the one that I really have no needed, clue. So yeah, I have no yeah. clue. So thank you for your help. We got some and great gonna, ones. Yeah, there are some really good ones. I'm gonna fumble with my phone with my nails to try and read them to you. <laughs> um, so I can't make any. Guarantees. Okay, here we go. Let's see. There's a lot of alliteration going on. There is a lot I of appreciate. alliteration. I have, I love alliteration. Let's see. I mean, there is simply the fantasy. I mean, it works. It works. That's from Linda James. I think she added the Technicolor fantasy. The Technicolor fantasy, on. definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Jesse Ward Ward agrees. The mystery, the magic, the fantasy. All of that is true. Mm. This one's a little more in deep. Uh, Ethereal, I I really like this one a lot. Ethereal, this is from Camria Shantalitica, 
which is a really cunty drag name. Chantalitica? Yeah. Chantalitica. Cambria Chantalitica, which is a play, I believe, on uh, Cambridge Analytica, which is so ridiculous. I don't even know what that means. You don't know what Cambridge Analytica (laughs) is? Girl, get into it. Look it up. It's <laughs> hilarious. If this is exact, if this is what she's parodying with this name, then she's a fucking genius. <laughs> um, Cambri- Cambria Chantelitica. That's fucking hilarious. Um, ethereal avant-gardian art goddess of NYC, twirling in acrylic paint, moonbeam, moonbeams, <laughs> moonbeams, and fresh orchids. Internet enigma, light nightlife empress. This is my favorite part. Androgene icon. Violet aura shining behind the waterfall. Art is a question mark. And her question, is the line secure? <laughs> I didn't even see that the one. The OG art hoe When of did NYC. that one come this through? Is, this is deep, girl. This is fantastic. Word. And I will be stealing more than one. The of avant-guardian these. is really Avant-guardian is really amazing. key. Um the avant-gardian of moonbeams, Miss Chantilitica. Yes, because that is uh, that's some work right there. Yes, that's something that you would one would have to pay for normally. Hello, uh, <laughs> start a PR firm, uh, girl. That's really good. Okay, what else is there up in here? There's a lot of good ones. Oh, ethereal queen realist. I am a realist. Uh, diviner of dance, song, and life. Diviner of dance. Diviner of dance, song and life. That's from Miss Sunny Hart. Um, let's see. Oh, I mean, clearly. Oh, there's one. The undefinable Erica Tour <laughs> There you go. If you can't figure it out, just go Who with it that? and call yourself Who's undefinable. Lucy Crawford. And it, and it really does work. Undefinable Erica Tour She's Aviance. undefinable. That's good. I like that. I like it a lot. What else is up in here? There's a couple of other things I know I saw. Undeniable. Queen of the art undefinable. scene. Queen of the art scene. Mm-hmm. Of the Phoenix art scene. Just queen of the art scene. Why not? Just a general of all art scenes everywhere. Just any scene. Any art any scene. Day. I am the queen of. Yes. That's from Miss uh, Talkie Katie. Talkie Katie? Talkie Katie. I don't know. I'm sure she'll correct me. Big Chick mm-hmm. Energy. K A T Y. I'm gonna, Chick energy, I'm gonna yeah. say Katie, but Caddy. Caddy. Who knows? Because the Caddy in in homage to um, Mean Girls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there up in here? I know there's a couple more things. Oh, there's the you know obviously Miss Miss Tur Johnny McGoverness. Right. Came up with one. Of course. That is, Legendary of legendary stat- status. Uh, who is she? The Sun Valley's hottest avant garde art star behind the waterfall, non primary color princess, my pumps video vixen, tool pussy panty purveyor, podcaster, and consistent server of C U N T stamped with the legendary children. Lectin free. <laughs> Lectin free. <laughs> Don't forget about the lectins. That is a good one. That is yeah. a good one. And also, someone gave me something that we had not gotten. A couple of things, which is kind of what I um, was thinking of and more what I was actually thinking of, like full-on tags. Mm-hmm. Um, is 
the line secure? Get ready for the ever-turning wonder. Well, that's the thing, like, because a lot of times when you do a show, the MC will say, how do you want me to introduce you? Yeah, and I never never know what to say. You could have have a different one for every gig. No, I have a two. You gave me two. Miss Lisa Sky. Um, Is the line secure? Let Erica Tour take you behind the waterfall and treat your eyes, ears, and your soul to her extraordinary rainbow avant world. See, <sighs> that's great. Ooh, but then when you that tell that, good. When you, you tell that to we the just have to, to put the it queen, on a little card to the queen it. at the show. She's like, just, excuse me, she's like, excuse me, and gives you a look at me sideways. But I don't give a shit. I'm that you should I'll get do what I want. business cards. Yeah, that I, say little, <laughs> I need to get that printed on business cards. Don't sue me. The avant- but that is good. Yeah, that is good. Hey, I mean, I think that these are up for grabs. They gave them right? to you. They gave them to me, right? They're trying to help. Well, thank you, Miss Lisa. The perps want to help. Are, she looks real cute, too. She's got dark forest green hair. Gorgeous. I love a, I love a girl with a punky hair color. Hello. Hello. Brings me back to high school. Yeah. Manic panic. Those manic panic I days. I had so many different colors of hair in high school. I used to, you didn't have used, any crazy ones, though, huh? I had, yeah, I did. I used to dye my hair all the time. But like, they bright were like blue. natural. Color. Bright blue? Yeah. Red. Um, I was not allowed to dye my hair those colors in high school. Yeah, I did. At all. I dyed my hair one time uh, in high school. And just in, as was par for the course for my father like he didn't notice for like a week uh-huh. <laughs> and then when he did notice i got in huge trouble <laughs> uh but yeah that happened thank you guys for all of those amazing amazing they were really good i See? mean that's like that's very touching that people would like people are there to think, help think about just to like help 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 old erica tour out it's very nice. I'm very touched. <laughs> <laughs> She's been touched. She's been touched. Um, yeah. So what the hell so now are we you know. talking about here today? Well, you just mentioned your dad. I did just mention <laughs> my dad, and he comes up quite a bit. Uh, so we're going to talk about family. This is our family episode. Did we even decide what we're going to call it? Uh, we never did. Um, no, we never did. You said you were going to think about it. And I tried, but I couldn't think of anything better than um, why I gotta why be, I gotta be, be black, black sheep. <laughs> that works for me. It's edgy. Is it? It's edgy for the for current times. Yes, it's edgy. But we're gonna go with it. We're gonna we're gonna go with it. That's anyway. an old RuPaul don't come, joke. Don't come for us. Uh, in the words of some of my favorite people, don't. we don't need your notes, babe. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need your notes. Uh, oh. So there's YouTube comments. That's what they're for. That's what they're for. Um, now we, I have gotten a little bit into this before uh, on my current journey that I'm on of like thinking about my family and like the impact that my my blood family, the unit that I was born into, mm-hmm. um, about the impact that they've had on my adult life. Uh, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. So, well, you know, the way you were raised has a lot to do with. I mean, it it's mm-hmm. been proven that it really, you know, especially like your young young years, yeah. like um, have a big effect on your personality, on the way that you deal with problems, uh-huh. and you know, your whole <laughs> life's journey for sure, for sure. 
Um, I think a big part of like this next chapter for me, whatever, you know, owning my character and my body of work and pressing forward and trying to create new things. Mm. I think a big part of success in future endeavors is like me owning my story, like my what my story is, and a huge part of that is my childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I don't generally discuss with people. I mean, my closest friends know, about, like, but I don't think not everything. Like, I don't talk about it all the time. Uh, right. There are certain things that I do talk about. Um, I mean, we were in such a, such a space, like, when we were younger that, like, we didn't really talk about the past that much and it's i didn't true. really know that much about like the history of my friends and yeah you know sometimes i didn't even know like what someone's last name was you know what i mean uh-huh. like because it was just kind of like very living in the moment yeah and um just pushing forward and trying to get you know wherever chasing our dream and everything it was we did not look back but i, I think uh yeah i mean i was very much a in lot that. more yeah me too I was very much in that state of mind when, mm-hmm. I, when I was younger. I mean, there is, it's funny. There is one person I think that pro- the person that probably knows the most about my childhood um, is Harriet. Oh, yeah. Because we spent a lot of uh, extracurricular time late together. Nights. We spent a lot of um, early late mornings. nights, early mornings together <laughs> in the past. And, uh, the stories tend to stories unravel. Stories tend to unravel. I don't know. We, but we kind of had like a, we ended up always getting in very deep conversations, uh-huh. me and her, for some reason. And they went on for a very long time, usually. And uh, so we were... She was probably the first person that I really opened up to, like, in detail about, like, my, my family history. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that kind of just... I just recalled that. But so now you're going to tell everybody But now I'm going to tell everybody because, I mean, it's Pull like... Pull up a chair, it's kids. It's something, something that... Like I've mentioned before, like the root, I think, of a lot of my anxiety and uh, a lot of my pro- like mentals mm-hmm. in general can be traced back to like being forced to keep my like every like who I was a secret. Yeah, like not 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 even before even the, I had to keep the gay stuff a secret. I had to keep where I came from a secret. Yeah, uh, under penalty of whatever kind of trouble. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. It like- was that kind of pressure yeah and denial and secrecy that's crazy yeah it is crazy and it was a lot so i guess i'll try to it's such a it's it's a very like in-depth story and it's a little bit complicated so i'm gonna try and start from the beginning and like see if i can make it make sense Mm -hmm. so my as I've said, I am a bastard child. My parents were never married. Now, prior to my conception uh, and prior to my father's infidelity, my father's family, uh, including his wife, knew my mother's family, which made the whole thing even more ridiculous, yeah. even more complicated. My father's children were are quite a bit older than me as i've said and like you like aunts and uncles age sometimes even like parents age mm. um like my oldest sister is what is in her 60s so it's like they She's, were much yeah, older than me 20 something um, years older than you yeah uh so his children 
used to babysit my mother's children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my father was, was retired Air Force, but was helping, would help current GIs find and their families find housing off base. So that's how he met my mother. My mother was getting, was in the middle of a divorce from her husband at the time who was in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how they met. He, they were trying to find housing outside of the Air Force. That She had very small children at the time. Uh, so my father's children were grown. So they, uh, some of them, they would like babysit her children. Mm-hmm. So the whole, the families were intertwined already. Like they right. knew each other. Yeah. Um, and then this is where it gets, turns into a telenovela. My father's wife um, got very ill and was not supposed to survive. She got term. She was supposed to be terminal. Um, mm. And that's when the affair started. So, but then she did not die. Uh, probably out of spite a little bit. And, Girl. Uh, and I came along. I came along and I lived with my mother for a time. Um, and then I got into a pretty serious accident at my mother's house. Uh, and my father didn't want me to live with her anymore, even though it was really nobody's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just something that happened. I fell into a grill and I burned like my whole back. Um when I was a kid. So I went to live with my father. Now, during this time, I'm shuttling... When I went to live with my father, my mother still lived in the same town. So I'm shuttling back and forth between... The, I'm going to, like, spend visit my mom during the day sometimes because I wasn't quite... Because, you know, I was young and didn't spend a lot of time in school. So we'd go back and forth or I would go to school and then I would go spend the evenings with my mom and then I would come back home and sleep at my dad's house. Mm. Um, so I was kind of shuttling back and forth and it was, you know, as soon as, from as far back as I can remember, it was explicitly, I was explicitly told to keep this entire arrangement secret from everyone outside of my immediate family. Hmm. Like my teachers, uh, whatever friends I had, I did like the, my classmates were kind of my friends at that time because there was only 20 people in the class. And everybody knew everybody and like went to each other's birthday parties and stuff like that. So as much as anyone, your classmates, you can be friends with, they were kind of my friends, but they mm. didn't really. So I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. And I had to like, that was very difficult. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was very difficult and it had a very, and it had a lasting impact on like everything. Um, meanwhile, like my father... My mother left with her children when I was seven years old. She moved to, with her children, back to Florida where she was, uh, had family. Um, my father was abusive. I mean, he was abusive to her children and emotionally abusive to her and physically abusive to everyone. So... That's was a large reason of why they left. And he was also a very intimidating person uh, in general, even though he was very small in stature. He had rage problems. So there was, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody like in a rage or like you've known anybody that like actually went into rages, but like they completely disappear and are replaced by a demon. Like something, mm-hmm. that you, something that you can't recognize, like their eyes go wild and they're not there anymore. Right. And it's just this wall of anger and my father had that 
Um, he kept it very well hidden from most people. So it from people outside of the family. So nobody really knew that 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 side of him existed outside of people that were in my family. Anyway, my mother was now gone and I went to live with my father and his family that he had cheated on. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was very difficult. They were all, they're all lovely people. Um, they all turned out pretty good. I mean, none of them were, they're all nice and kind hearted people, I think for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a bizarre situation and a really horrible thing to ask of, of, you know, your family that you have cheated on collectively. And I was like this walking reminder of their father's infidelity, just like around all the time. So his wife never spoke to me, really, until I was much older. She just kind of pretended I wasn't there. Um, So that was (laughs) rough as well. And then there's like, you know, my brother had children that were my same age, and there was always an obvious difference in the way that we were treated. Number one, because I was being raised by someone else. And uh, I mean, they were just, they were being raised by different rules and they were treated differently by everyone than I was treated. Hmm. So that was rough as well. Um, But that was like my entire childhood. And meanwhile, my father, I think because of his controlling personality, when my mother left, I think that he lost it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, not only could I not talk to anyone about my mother and her children, my brothers and sisters, I was not allowed. He couldn't talk to anyone about them either. Like he didn't have any friends and he couldn't talk to his family about them. So that left me. So literally every day of my entire childhood, every single day, like over meals or whenever we when most of, and when I wasn't in school, it was just me and him. I was just alone with him. And he spent most of that time telling me stories of my life, things, events that had occurred when my mother was around um, and changing them to make himself into the hero of the story to make it seem like he would literally flat out tell me that my mother didn't love me. And if she had loved me, then she would have stayed. Wow. So could you imagine like being told that like as a child, it's making me a girl. It's making me a little Mm. upset, but yeah, that's like, that was my every day. Every day I had to listen to my father tell me stories about like trying to make like my mother look bad and her children look like the devil children and her like an unlike a monster. Basically he tried to make her look like a monster and her children like devil children. Meanwhile, I was very I was a very bright kid. I can remember really far back. Like I have a memory of very, very young, like two. I can remember back that far. So it was like I was very aware of what was going on at the time. And I was also also pretty aware of like the dynamics of everything that was happening. So, which was unfortunate. If I had been a little bit more oblivious, it might not have affected me. If I had been more of a kid, it might not Mm -hmm. have affected me as much. But I was pretty bright uh, for my age. So I was very much aware of everything that was happening. And so I had to, every day I was confronted with this crazy person that was trying to retell me the story of my life and make out 
my mother and her children to be monsters. So mm. that was my life pretty much until, uh, you know, until high school, until I was able to be, until I was involved in enough activities to keep me away from the house all day. Yeah. Like until evening time. And sometimes, you know, depending upon what I was doing, the, my evenings. And once I started dancing, I was never at home. Mm-hmm. Which is what which is what I wanted. I didn't really want to be at home. Yeah. Um, and you know, meanwhile, there's just people like Philip funneling in and out that aren't really that are like related to me, but didn't feel like siblings. Kind of just felt like aunts and uncles would feel running around, and like no one's ever talking about me or where I came from. Right. Like everybody is. It's basically everyone's pretending like. <clears throat> That never My mother happened. and yeah. her children did not exist. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's like that's my that's where my all of my everything comes from. I think, in a nutshell, right mm-hmm. there. So, as a result of all of that, none of my family is really is in my life. My mother sighed because I didn't know them. We missed the years together, and when I became when I moved to New York, I never you. You know, I was never, I didn't have a nine to five job and I didn't have the lifestyle that afforded me to travel. So I never got to see anybody. Um, so I basically didn't, I don't really have, a, I don't have a relationship with any of my family. I have a relationship with my mother as much as we can uh, now because I didn't see her again really from like age seven to I think 13. Mm. I didn't see her except for a briefly a couple times, uh, supervised. Um, so yeah, I don't have a relationship with my family. So I think where we were going, like when we, when we were talking about family, things came up for you that don't really exist for me. So what I kind of exist outside of any sort of family influence, like mm-hmm. biological family. Right. Uh, I've never in anything that I've ever created or done or, like posted or or anything that I've ever done really uh what my family will think uh has never really come into it because my father passed uh right after I was done with college so mm-hmm. I didn't have to really worry about he, what he would think anymore and he and I was away from that anyway because when we we had, we had already kind of had out what we needed to have out when I was 18 and I'd come home from the summer and I had told him all of the things that I had been feeling for all of the years. And we had, we kind of had a really big blowout, um, uh-huh. like an adult style, not like, like an adult <laughs> style, like I'm an adult, you're an adult. The dynamic had changed because I had been a- away from home. Mm-hmm. And so we had this, I remember this one huge blowout conversation where I told him that I never really felt like a part of that family and that, um, he did all the a lot of damage to me that I would be undoing for the rest of my life by forcing me to pretend uh, that my other family didn't exist. Um, and and I mean, I kind of got through to him. Our relationship softened a little bit by the time I had I had uh, graduated college. He for my graduation present, he bought me a pair of diamond earrings, which was something. I mean, for pretty much my entire life, uh, being effeminate or liking girly things was completely completely frowned upon. I mean, he actually said a few more than a few times, if you ever found out that one of his children was, um, 
you know, he'd rather they be dead than be gay. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, those were things that he had said to me. But I think after I had such a, like a huge, he was also a bully that I had never stood up to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so once I did finally stand up to him, our relationship completely changed. Hmm. Um, and I told him everything that I'd been feeling for all those years. And our, like I said, our relationship softened a little bit. So before the end, I feel like we understood each other a little bit better. Um, he bought me earrings for my, like I said, for my graduation present from college. Um, but then he passed very shortly afterwards. Um, so in a nutshell, that was that, that was my experience. And because of all those experiences, I don't have any relationship to speak of with most, most of my family, which is well, doubly weird. I mean, we went and saw your cousin. Yeah. That was how many years ago? It was 10 years a ago. A long time ago. But, was about 10 but years I mean ago. like, and that was the, oh, that was the first, that was the only, the first time I had seen them since I went away to college. Mm-hmm. We went up to New Hampshire. Somebody was getting married or something. My nephew I mean, was getting yeah. married. And um, he invited me to the wedding, so I went. I wasn't yeah. going to go, but something made me go at the last minute. Um, but yeah, I don't. And the thing, the weird thing is, the really strange thing, if you really, I mean, it just gets stranger and stranger. I could talk about it for eons, all the weird <laughs> things that have transpired mm-hmm. in my family. Weird, sad, uh, anger-inducing things, but... The weirdest is that my father has two other gay children. Right. <laughs> my sister is a lesbian and my brother is gay. One of my brothers is gay. And uh, I don't know. Even that wasn't really enough to... But they... To did really they... Establish. They they weren't out. They weren't out. When though. I was at home. So... They did bring their air quote friends uh-huh. to family functions yeah. my entire life. Right. Which was, I mean, the whole, it was such a bizarre. It was a different time. It was a different time, but it was so, that, I just added to like the bizarreness of, there was always several many elephants in the room. Yeah. At every family gathering. But I mean, like, that's the crazy thing about the 80s and the 90s. Like, that's how repressed it was. Like, people just did not talk about stuff like that. And so it almost seemed like a better solution to just be like, this is my friend. You know, like, because the thought of, like, really coming out, like, I mean, I came out in the 90s, but, like, you know, I think late 90s, and Mm -hmm. it was, things have changed a lot. I don't know if kids know how much things have changed in the last 20 years, but it has changed. It has changed quite a lot. But, like, the impact that your family, your, like, bio family has on what it like your art and like how you create and how you view mm-hmm. your every all of your artistic like processes and uh endeavors yeah uh that never really had that was not a thing for me mm-hmm. but for you it was different yeah i mean um i've always you know i grew up in a very i was really close to my mom my 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 mom and dad got divorced when i was uh like 6th 7th grade yeah um and I mean, honestly, I was I was not sad about it at all. I was actually relieved and happy because my parents were constantly fighting and I saw this as a way for the fighting to stop. So I was actually like 
happy about it happening. And I was never as close to my dad as I was with my mom. Um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, and uh, but Tends to happen. My dad, my dad was he he was like always traveling for work. Um, like he oh, would, was a Rolling Stone. He would be out of town. You know, usually he would be out of town during the week. Um, and so it was just a lot of, um, a lot of time with, with my mom and my brother and my sister. I'm the, I'm the youngest. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I've always been really close with my mom. I still am. And I'm really close with my brother and sister. I don't talk to my dad anymore. I, I kind of stopped talking to him. I mean, for the most part, when I left the house to go to college when I was 18. Um, but I really stopped talking to him. Um, not by my choice really, but more of him not being responsive to any of uh, his kids reaching out to him for the last four or five years. Girl, that must be really hurtful. Um, I mean, and we've, we had like, we had several times between me and my, and my siblings where we would come together and try to reach out to him, try to get a relationship going again, you know? And he was just always like acting like when we came to him with this, that he was, that there was nothing wrong in the first place, you know? He's like, yeah, I'll talk to you guys, whatever. We can talk, blah, blah, blah. But then... I mean, obviously we weren't talking because we were coming to him like, why don't we feel like we have a relationship with you? And then after that would happen, we would have this whatever, almost intervention type thing. Mm -hmm. And then of course, nothing would ever change. And it would just go back to not talking to him from, for, you know, never call us on our birthdays, never call us on Christmas, never, you know, just like not even pick up the phone when we call him, you know? So it's just weird. And it just became like, it really became me, my sister, my brother and sister, I think are not even as far along as I am at this point because I just gave up and, and I felt like it was harder for me to try to reach out to my dad and not get any response. And I just kind of like closed the book, you know, because I was like, it really, it's, you know, it does hurt. And I do want to have a relationship with him, but me like expecting in my mind for him to pick up the phone when I call him and, and like making that effort is way more hurtful to me than to just let it be as it is and just exactly. let, let it, you know, let it lie. I don't, I'm not going to talk to him. He's not going to call me on my birthday. You know, that's just the way it is. And I, I can, ex if I can, if, if I can just have that in my mind, like that's the way it is, then I'm much better than being like, well, maybe I should call him or maybe, you know, it's weird. It, it, it's like, it, it was never like a argument thing where it was like, I'm never talking to you again, blah, blah, blah. It was never like that. It was just yeah. really more of like a, I don't really care that much. So from, from his part, you uh -huh. know what I mean? So it was like, we just... I, and we never really had like that a great relationship to begin with. So it's not like things were amazing and then like one day they all went sour. It was just kind of – my dad is very antisocial. He'd much rather be by himself than be with other people. 
And he loves to just like sit and play video games by himself for hours and hours. He's very kind of like, a lot of people in my family think that he is. On the spectrum? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's got something going on. He doesn't have any friends that I know of. He never really did have any like close friends that he would ever go hang out with or anything. Um, my mom said that like when he was, when, when, when we were younger, we were, when me and my brother and sister were kids, he would say to her, I can't wait till these kids turn 18 and get out of here. <laughs> like he was not, well, you know, he was not like I think, into I feel like a lot of parents being, feel like that, uh, you know, a parent, <laughs> I guess. I feel like a lot of parents aren't into, you know, he parents. did not, he did not help me financially whatsoever when I left after I left for college, my mom supported me through college, like paid for, paid for my school and stuff like that. My dad was just like, they, even though they had agreed when they got, you know, when they got divorced, divorced. that they were going to split the cost, but that just didn't happen. Uh-huh. Like my dad would just have a way of like getting checking out, out and not responding. And so my mom just had to pick up the ball, you know, and kind of just, I mean, I'm glad that I have my mom because otherwise I would, if I was just relying on my dad, I, I would feel like I didn't have any parent at all, you know. Um, I totally get what you're talking about, which is like leaving it alone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of what, that's easier. It's, e- than it's much easier. The, uh, for me, that's what it's always been. Yeah. Ever since I left home, mm-hmm. it's just been easier because I was already grown. Yeah. I mean, my I was s- already grown. I had already missed the time that I would have needed with these people to form any sort right, of right, right, yeah. After bonds. the fact, it's almost like, what are you trying to it's do? Like, what here? am I? You're just I, like a stranger, kind of you like, know? Yeah, the, it's just kind of they're all just kind of, you know, and none of them. It's nobody's. It's none of their faults. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? My dad did a shitty thing, and everyone had to leave live with it, mm-hmm. and he kind of forced me upon his family. Yeah. And the way that he treats you is going to dictate the way other people treat you, you know? Well, no one, he, my father, everyone was afraid of him. So mm-hmm. there was none, and he was the one that was raising me. That's it. Nobody else had any input. His wife had no input. None of my brothers and sisters had any input on anything that happened. Didn't even know about anything that was happening with me. Right. Uh, my father was my soul, the only person that had anything to do with mm-hmm. the, the way that I was raised um, in any way, shape, or form. Um, so, you know, I mean, they were perfectly, I mean, you know, I like them. I like all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, but. Feel kind of detached. We just don't have that kind. We just don't have a relationship. And the thing is, like once I was grown, there's just so much water under that bridge. You know what I mean? That I just kind of wanted to leave it there. There'd be so many, in order to have an actual relationship with any any of my siblings, there would be so much. I would have to put myself through so much anguish. I would have to relive. Do you know what I mean? You can't, I wouldn't be able to just forget that all of that Mm -hmm. shit happened. I mean, it would all have to be, Discussed and you, like, like it is like with my mom. I love her to death. She's a wonderful woman, and we do have a a good relationship. I think, um, but every time that we spend more than a few days together, it always ends up. We always end up rehashing my entire. You know what I mean? That time in my life that was so painful. Uh-huh. I kind of have to relive it every time that I'm with her, 
and uh, because she's immensely guilty. Uh-huh. Um, I don't. I was aware of what was going on. I don't blame her for any of that stuff, and I never really have. Right. Um, because I hated my father for most of my childhood, mm. like intensely hated, like wanted him to die. I would fantasize about him dying most nights, but like, so I didn't blame her. I was jealous of her. Right. Right. I didn't. I wasn't mad. I was never mad at my mother. I was jealous that she got to go. Mm-hmm. And then I had to stay. Mm. I wasn't, I, and but I knew whose fault it was. It wasn't her fault. It was my dad's fault. So he bared the bore the brunt of my hatred yeah. and anger around the entire situation, whether or not it was deserved. I mean, he, um, you know, and and also, I knew from a very young age that my father would never have allowed me to go live with my mother. My mother was on welfare and had four children of her own. Do you know right. what I mean? And in a custody battle, like she would not have gotten me mm. because my father did some crazy things. Uh, he lost his mind there towards the end and he started going into their house, messing it all up and taking pictures to keep in oh, case. Wow. Yeah. He also got one of those hidden record like recorders with like the lapel mics. He would start fights with them and then record them. Oh my gosh. So that he would have like ammunition, whatever. So if there was any sort of court battle, he also threatened to kill her outright if he tried, if she tried to take me away. So, and uh, if anyone, you know, and I knew knowing my father, that was a very valid threat. Like he probably would have tracked her down and taken me back Mm. um, and probably done her harm. So I was never mad. I was never mad at my mother, Mm -hmm. but I was. Yeah. And I mean, it was interesting when my parents got divorced, my dad fought really hard to get equal joint custody and then, of all the kids. And then just like, and then basically, no, but he would enforce it. He wanted us to be at his house, but I think it was more of like a- Sticking it to your mom? Yeah. It was like a, I have these kids, so I should, it was like a possession, you know, like I want- my share because those are those are you know 50% of those kids are mine you know what i mean like like that's the way it felt because it he didn't want to hang out with us he didn't want to like do stuff with us you know we didn't it was it was not like that so it was just really weird that you know i mean he also fought to like get a lot of money out of my mom cuz she made more money than him and he wanted to keep the house and he wanted, you know, he ended up getting a lot of money out of her. And then that was the fucked up thing that he ended up getting a lot of money out of her. But my mom was the one that ended up supporting all of us. And at the end of the day, you know, like he would up. never take a shopping. He would never, you know, for school clothes and give us allowance and stuff like that. Even though he's getting all this money from my, because it was alimony. It wasn't child support. So he's pretty much just a big old asshole. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just like, you know, it's crazy because I just found out, I found out like this, this will give you an idea of the type of dynamic that I have, like the relationship and how my dad acts with us now. We found out that his, okay, his, he got remarried when I was about 16. Shortly after they got divorced, he was very anxious to like get remarried. So he's been remarried since then. And, um, his, my stepmom, his wife put on Facebook. So 
I just found out that me and my dad um, are both tested positive for coronavirus. <laughs> and so we're doing oh, o- yeah, you we're doing this. okay, but you know, we're just gonna take it easy, blah, 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 blah. She posted this on Facebook. She did not, you know, my and dad never d- didn't inform anyone in our family. Anyone in your family. Um Jeez. you know. And so my sister, my brother and my sister are like, my sister is seven years older than me and she still will call him on holidays, send him a card on Father's Day. She's, you know, it's very like, let's take the high road. You know what I mean? Like, let's just be cordial, try to be cordial Uh so that. I don't know. I don't know. I think that like I'm just a little bit more over it than she is. I guess. Yeah. Um. But so she calls him and 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 he doesn't pick up the phone. She leaves him a message. He emails her back. Okay, (laughs) and says, "I'm doing okay. Just resting up. I should be fine. Don't worry." In the email, that's all he said. Didn't say anything about his wife. Okay. Yeah. Didn't say thanks for calling. Didn't say anything like that. It was just like basically like just trying to put out the fire and just being like basically like stop trying to get a hold of me. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. That's it. You know? Um and and I wrote his wife on Facebook on like private message just to saying, just saying, and like, that's the thing, like I'm still doing it. You know, even though I said I like had Mm -hmm. put it down, I still was trying to be like a good person in my opinion, in my eyes. And, and I said, Hey, I saw your post about, you know, you guys having coronavirus. I'm really sorry. I hope everything's okay. Please keep me posted on how you guys are feeling and Whatever, because I mean, this is like, you know, this is a serious thing, right? Uh-huh. She doesn't respond. She doesn't respond to me. She didn't respond to my sister either, who also wrote her. So like, they they just don't. But then, like, randomly, she'll, like, she, my, my, my uh, dad's wife will, like, comment on, like, pictures of my nieces and nephews, like my brother and sister's kids. Yeah. Oh my God. So cute. Can't wait to see them again. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just like they lived in the same city as my brother for three years before they went and saw his second child. Yikes. Like, you know, and it's like, but, but at the same time, they'll be like, they, they come over and they just act like everything's totally normal. Mm -hmm. Like when it's like, it's normal to like not meet your grandchildren until after three years after when you live 15 minutes away from you, that, them, it's so weird to it's me. Up. It's like very, it's very weird. Like, 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 oh yeah. Like when you, when we're in person and we're seeing each other, everything's like, oh, hi. Yeah. Love you. Blah, blah. Uh-huh. But then like, you know, we try to get a hold of you. You don't call us back. You don't return our calls. You don't, you know. Yes. And I think that so kind weird. of thing, I think that right there is, one of the reasons why I don't yeah, reach out. I can't do, like my whole childhood was ignoring elephants in the room. Yeah. Like I, I always said that like dinner with my family was always a thousand ways to talk about the weather. That's all it ever was. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had lots of family dinners, but nobody ever t- really talked about anything. Yeah. And it was, 
excruciating because there was so much to talk about. Yeah. And uh, I don't ever want to do that again. No, I don't want to do it either. That's the thing. It's I don't like, ever have any interest yeah. in doing that. I don't want to sit. And that's why. And like the last time I have a contact with anyone except for my brother, Monty, who's uh, the, gay, the gay one. Um, that was the last time I had any contact with them was when the 10 years ago at that wedding. Hmm. Yeah. It almost like, you know, at, at some point it, it's almost like, do you really deserve this relationship? You know what I mean? That's not like, how I feel about like, it. I, well, that's how I feel about it in I, a way you, because well, that's your dad because like, like you had a relationship because like prior. my, my dad randomly wrote me an email. This was like last year around Thanksgiving or two days after Thanksgiving or something being like something about like happy Thanksgiving, like two days after Thanksgiving. And maybe if you're around at Christmas, we can go to dinner or something. And I was shocked because I hadn't heard from him literally in like years before that. And I was like, wow. And I wrote him back immediately. And I was like, Hey, thanks for writing. Just all nice, you know? I was not, like, salty to him at all, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, yeah, we could probably get together during Christmas. But then I think to – but, of course, he never answered our calls at Christmas, and we never got to set anything up to actually go s- spend time with him during Christmas when I was in town and everybody else was in town during that time. But at the same time, I think to myself, my mom is flying up from – where she lives now in Florida to Cincinnati to spend Christmas with everyone and making the effort and is always there and is will always answer the phone for us and will give us anything that we ever need in our life just to, so that we're happy because that's how much she cares. So I'm like, it's almost like in my mind, I, I would feel, I'd feel guilty taking a night out of the whatever week that she's there for Christmas and say, oh, we're going to go spend time with dad now. The person that never answers our calls, the person that hasn't supported us since we turned 18, the person that, you know, we can't even really, you know, say that he loves us anymore, you know? So it's just like that. Fucked up. It's messed up. You know, it's like, I'm not going to, I don't want to leave my mom alone at home when I could be spending time with her because I don't get to spend much time with her either. We don't live in the same state, you know, to go spend some time with my dad who like, obviously doesn't give a shit, you know, and is really probably just doing anything that he's doing is more for appearances, you know, like, oh, I should do this because it's Christmas or whatever, you know, but at the end of the day, like he literally like didn't answer the phone when my sister called and tried to set up a dinner during that time when we were all in town. Yeah. That's just the way he is, you know, so it's, I get it's it. crazy. I do get it. I think I'm at the point now with the whole, all of it and have been for quite some time. I don't have any ill will towards any of my bio family, like either side. I don't have any ill will no, towards I don't, anybody. I, yeah, I don't have any ill but will either. But I also do not have the emotional wherewithal mm-hmm. to put myself out. Yeah. Out there. The more you put yourself out there, the more you set yourself up I just for don't. I'm disappointment. Too, I'm too advanced in years. Like, yeah. I have too much going on. Um and I'm too invested in like trying to find happy, uh, and I know that yeah. that's not where it is. For I think me. that I mean, there's so, just there's definitely it's obviously a part of me and 
and my brother and sister as well that are just so like, we still want it to work. You know, we still want him, we still want to have some type of like good relationship with him because like this was just last year that he wrote me an email and said, maybe we can go to dinner. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm like, I'm still willing, you know, I'm not the one that was like, I'm not the one, none of us have been like, screw you. You don't treat us the way we should be treated. We don't want to hang out with you. You know, uh-huh. don't call us anymore. No one's ever said that to him, you know, but at this point, I'm just like, I wish, I mean, I, I, I've just, I've had to like, I didn't put it out there. Like I will respond if he reaches out to me, but I'm, I, I used to like put it out there and be like, Hey, it's father's day, you know, and he wouldn't pick up my phone call or, you know, it's Christmas or it's your birthday, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, at this point, I'm just like, I'm not going to try because I don't want to call somebody who I know is not going to pick up the phone, you know? Yeah. So. It's very unfortunate. It's too bad. It you is know? too bad. I would like my father's children all were raised the same way. And my father was this way as well. He didn't have any friends. Uh, didn't really believe that people needed friends. Uh, yeah. I would always tell me that, uh, like, hated the term best friend. He always, his philosophy was everyone should be your friend. Like, he was very performative uh-huh. uh, in that. And that's why every, everyone liked him, because he was, jo- like, jovial, co- very conversational, likable, mm-hmm. um, flirtatious even. Um, and he believed that that's how you should be with everyone. Uh, not, and that you didn't really need friends. He didn't have any friends. Mm. And so, uh, I, everyone kind of, I feel like all that really rubbed off on all of us. Mm. So I don't really, nobody really, I mean, you know, I get reach, I'll get once in a while, someone will reach out to me. Uh, but not really. Uh, like I said, me and my brother Monty kind of ish have a relationship. Um, he lives right, kind of close to here, actually. But mm. everybody else, unfortunately, not so much. Yeah. Uh, and that's mostly because of the type of people that we all are. Mm. Um, not of any of like the circumstances. And the other, my other, my mother's children, uh, I have so much more in common with. Uh, mm. That's like where, because when I was a child, I felt like everyone was very much even, very even-tempered. Uh very polite and very seemed like, because that's kind of what you, how you had to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never really felt like that. I was always very emotional. I always felt like I wanted to scream at the top of my lungs and like shake everyone mm-hmm. because, you know, I was having well, feelings. Because I you was having, different yeah, one. I was having feelings and it, it very much came across like feelings were not supposed to be had. Feelings were like, emotions were not responded to, uh, kindly by Mm -hmm. my father so most people just kind of hit i feel like they just kind of disconnected a lot and i did not feel i was not that person Uh, my mother's side of the family is filled with freaks and weirdos Mm. just like me yeah um so i think like i had a lot more in common with them but unfortunately none of them were around right i had no contact with them seven yeah yeah i had no contact with that side of my family so the reason that we don't have a relationship is really just because you don't know each other we don't know each other 
Um, wow. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, okay. So what we were talking about we were before was, um, you know, when I, was, when I started, like, you know, the arts was always very prevalent in my family. My brother and sister both went to art school, the same art school that I went to. Um, my mom was, my mom's a doctor, but she also sings and plays piano. She played piano in church. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I was always very supported to be in the arts, to be singing and doing all that stuff, doing, doing theater. It was always very like, go for it. You know, I mean, my mom put me through music school, so obviously she was cool with it. Um, and then when I moved to New York and I started creating and releasing music, I really always, because this is where we differ. Like I, I always had in the back of my mind, like, and I still do to this day, what are, what is my family going to think about this? You know, like I was always kind of censoring myself in order to artistically, artistically. Yeah. In order to be like, is this going to be okay? Do I want my mom to hear this? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something that we were talking about too. Uh, artists often feel that way yeah. about their family. Like it, it's, you, it, Rarely do you come across like a family of artists. Do you know what I mean? I feel right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. usually I've, the dad and generally, the mom. Generally, yeah. it's like... I've met artistic people, parents that were, were artists. Yes. And I always thought that was the coolest thing because I was like... You get it, you know, like yeah. they're there. Your kids are gonna like if your kids are artists, like artists do crazy stuff that their parents should not understand, and maybe their parents think it's wrong, but that's what good art does, you know. Yeah. Good art upsets the older generation, yeah. you know, and and that's like always been the case, like which always makes it a kind of a, a confrontational relationship between artists and their families a lot of the yeah. time, yeah. And um, you know, I mean, I've done or estranged, and but but the funniest thing about it is, I'm you know I've this is always in the back of my mind. Not to say that I always let it stop me, because yeah. I've done some, uh, you know, less than the classiest uh, type of work that you've you some, put you've it out there. Dipped your toe I've, into the blue, yeah. And um, <laughs> but the funniest thing about it is. My family doesn't even know most of my songs. They don't listen. They don't pay attention to my art and my 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 work. You know that that took me a long time to realize because like I just put it out there and I'm like, oh well, of course. Like I put it on Facebook. They're gonna listen to it. Like no, like they don't. They don't listen to this podcast. They don't. You know, like neither. Um, as far as I know, anyway. Um. So so like really at the end of the day like. It's completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, at the, uh, you know, I am putting things, documenting things, putting them out there, recordings, whatever. So, like, they could see it if they wanted to at some point. But I know that really, at the end of the day, my family's not going to judge me for any of that type of stuff. You know, mm -hmm. they accept me for who I am in the first place. But, I think there was just kind of a part of my, it was a lot of like inner child being like, is this okay? You know, yeah. cause I'm still thinking about like, my parents are the ones that like, am I going to get in trouble for this? You know what I mean? 
um, because I still did have that like really uh-huh. close relationship with my mom, you know, and still, you know, still to this day, like I still think about that kind of stuff, you know, it's wild to me. I maybe mean, that's what keeps me somewhat in control. I don't maybe. know. I mean, cause I mean, I mean, very, I chose the path decidedly less traveled very early on mm-hmm. and it never, and never looked back really. Um, I mean, there was a few times I glanced over my shoulder, but like most of the time it was just full speed ahead, full tilt weirdo. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's what felt like I was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, And I didn't, and not, I think that probably helped me. Uh, I think that's where maybe not having a close relationship with my family helped me along my road. Mm -hmm. Um, I might've chosen differently. Uh, had I been in a different situation uh, with my family, yeah, I guess it, it might have, you know, because I'm, you know, I, I, as a drag queen living the Vibo M in New York City, mm-hmm. you know, boozing it up, drugging it up, fucking it up, mm-hmm. and uh, and it never like m- never even entered my mind. What any, like, I never gave a good goddamn what any one of them thought about what I was doing with my life. Yeah. Because I was very much, you know, because I felt very much alone for my entire life. Yeah. Uh, That never really changed uh, until, you know, until high school. I made some really, really close friends, uh, some of which I still have to this day. Um, And I I chose my family. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, my family, all my entire family is definitely a little bit more on the conservative side than they, I yes. than I am, you know, um, for sure. Uh, but they're still, just like normal. They're yeah, more, I mean, normies. my brother's a lawyer. You know, my sister's a psychiatrist. My mom's a doctor. Um, you know, like I don't know. It, it just, there's some things that you just don't expect them to understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think I pursued, but still at the same time, very supportive and very accepting. Mm-hmm. But That's I think weird. that there was also like, um, there's also, there's also the, the other dynamic of like them. I've kind of felt this not so much from, not so much from everyone in my family, but, like, I guess from my mom at a certain point because she's very just worried about me not being able to support myself. Yes. And, like, you know. They do not understand what you and, do. And, and, like, not having a regular career, not having a retirement plan, yes. not owning a house, uh-huh. not um, all having a things. family. Yeah. You know, all these things it's that. Con- it's of concern to them. Yeah. And because it's you, not what they're used to. I think, yeah. And sometimes when you spend a long time with them and you come back, you seem to be very demoralized. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, I see you very, all these things that they I, have. This, these and then I'm questioning like... Questioning side of well, yourself. That's what's very, wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Like, is there a problem? Like, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I mean, I've talked about, I do want to buy an apartment or a house or whatever. Well, yeah. And we're like, ladies of a certain age. That's something that I really want to work on. This is something that we need to look into. But like, 
at the same time, like, that's something I couldn't even have fathomed two years ago. No, me neither. When I was living in LA and I was just barely scraping by and traveling all the time, and especially in LA, you got to be a millionaire to even think about buying a house in the first place. Exactly. Um, So, you know, now that I'm here and I feel much more uh, like I could stand on my own two feet and much more stable and um, I can start working toward saving money and whatever so that I could actually buy a house or whatever. But, you know, to them, like, I feel like... You should have already been done. I should have already, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, it's a they different... Feel it's like a, success is dictated differently in the artistic world as it is in the business yeah, world. We've, you know? Yeah, we've... So yeah, we've gone in pretty it's, in it's, depth into that. It's before. much different, and th- I think that they don't even understand the success that I've had because they don't know about the gay scene, and no, you know what yeah. I mean. Like the they fact don't know that what I a can gay get, is. you know, the fact that I can that I've had the things that have happened to me in my career um, don't mean anything to them because they're like, oh, okay, cool, um, whatever. Like yeah. your song was on Drag Race. I don't even watch that show. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't mean I anything to them. Of oh, course. you my brother, my brother likes to make it think like when I go to when I go over to Europe and tour, I'm basically just taking vacation. You know, he has he said that to me before. He's like, Well, you're just running off and going on vacation to Europe. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not no. going on vacation. I'm not on I'm vacation. <laughs> I'm here to make money. Like so that this I can live. Is my job. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I was like, you just don't get it if you yeah. think that a person that goes to Europe twice a year for months at a time is going on vacation like no i'm actually sacrificing being able to be at home and enjoy my 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 life here to go work you know but like he just doesn't sure it's not that it's not fun to be on tour it is fun but yeah. it's also work and i'm going over there to work not to have fun you know uh-huh. I think that's maybe another reason that keeps me away from everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe one that I haven't thought about so much is that I don't want to feel like that. I make my, I think I make myself, I shit on myself enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need to be surrounded by people who don't under, who really don't understand. Well, and plus people, I don't think the people that have regular jobs that if given the option, do you, would you stay at home? Or go to work today, they would always choose stay at. Most people would choose stay at home, right? Of course. But if we had the option of, do you want to stay at home or do you want to go do a show? I want to do a show. Want to go do a show? We love our jobs, and it's that's why I followed this path because I wanted to do something that I love to do. But when people have those kind of jobs, like when they're a lawyer or whatever, you know, and I don't think it, I think it's hard to understand that, like. Yes. This is. is your job, but you also would do it even if you weren't getting paid. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pr- I'm fairly certain that no one in my family really really has a grasp on the success that I've achieved um and how out of the ordinary it is for someone like me without any support, mm-hmm. like without the support of like a label or a company or Yeah. Or even or much support at all to 
be to achieve the level of like notoriety yeah. that I have achieved. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they they would never be able to my comprehend my, that. My brother whatsoever. actually, I I saw it click in his head one time when he said, you know, um, basically like, well, how are we going to get you to be making, you know, hundred two hundred thousand dollars a year, blah, blah 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 blah, or be more famous or whatever? And I'm like, I have done really well for myself so far. Do you know how hard it is for people to get to know your name in general? Like I was like at all. Like at all. Like to ever anyone for have anyone. anything that yeah. you've put out actually rise up to any level. Like there's hundreds of thousands of artists out there that have put music out that have never broken through and gotten paid any attention to. Right? Yeah. And I was like and so I said to him, are you a famous lawyer? Are you on TV nationwide as like a famed lawyer? Do you have billboards? Yeah. I was like, do you, or do people know your name in other states? And he's like, oh, well, I guess not. And I was like, well, yeah. Okay, then. So <laughs> like, I'm not Michael Jackson, but like I've gotten somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not nobody. So it's just like you have to, you know, and especially especially nowadays, I mean, there's so many different scenes and things going. I mean, there's people on YouTube that have millions and millions of followers that I've never heard of at all. Yeah, it's its own world. You know, and they're making tons of money and I've never uh-huh. I've never heard of them. Like I've never heard their name in my life, uh-huh. you know. So I mean, it's just like and people like in, in it's a lot of people's eyes in the entertainment industry, shit. if you're not number one on the charts, then you're not doing well. You know what I mean? To most, yeah, in people's minds. You know, why like aren't you on the radio? Minds. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, there's not, and there's literally 0.2% of all the art, musical artists out there are the ones that are on the radio when you turn on the radio. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the middle, in middle America or whatever. It's like, the tiniest percentage. There's there's what? 12 artists on the radio, on pop radio. Yeah. You know if, what I mean? They just that, play the days. same same artists they over and over same, again. Like five songs over and so over. So it's and over like again. I think that's, you know, if somebody, you know, if somebody's like they they can't really acknowledge your success if they don't even know what success looks like for somebody like me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course, of course, I'm always striving to have more success, but I'll never get that type of like re- recognition from your family. I finally got recognition, validation, recognition from my brother this one time. Remember when I did the Reclaiming My Time remix? Yeah. And they played it on where? CNN. Uh-huh. They played it on CNN and talk because they were talking about the viral craze that was reclaiming my time. They played my my song and then they played my friend's uh, song, Michael Kilgore, who who sang like he made up a song. I'm reclaiming my time, and and he was like, "Oh my god, you are on CNN!" And I was like, "So now, <laughs> now that I'm on CNN, a network that you actually watch, now it's cool to you. You know what I mean? Exactly. But so until it really comes into their world, it doesn't mean anything. No, it to doesn't them, mean anything. You know? I can't imagine most of the people." I can't imagine most people in my family have any concept of what anything that I've done. Right. Or that we, uh, or that the world that we exist in, right, even exists. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it's just like so you can't look for validation. You can't look for validation from your family. You can't look. You can't even really look for validation from your friends. You know, it's it's. I it, you can. I, mm, <laughs> you're no, but you're 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 lucky to have certain friends yeah. that will pay attention to what you do. But yeah, I get like I think I think the most validating thing is when people I don't know see my stuff and talk about it and are like, you know, I'm like, now I'm making, I'm really like, there. that's, that's something because this person is not saying it because they know me already. This has affected them. They're feeling something from this and they don't even know who I am. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. now they know who I am, but they don't know me personally. Yeah. And I think course. there's a I big difference from you know, that's when you break through from having a song that has a thousand hits on YouTube to a song that has a hundred thousand hits. You know what I mean? And then people, it's not just your friends passing it around anymore. You know what I mean? It That's the difference for me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think, but I mean, you can't look for validation from anyone in the, at the end of the day because it's not what it's not what matters. But I think that like, like when I've had songs go viral and stuff, I didn't get a lot of my friends reaching out to me saying, oh my God, congratulations, blah, 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 blah. Like, even though I know they saw it, you know what I mean? True. I don't know. A very select group of friends that actually acknowledged that something had happened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Well... Yeah, I think that I rely pretty heavily on my sisters for validation <laughs> and like for support and guidance, um, all of those things. Um, well, I mean, validation, support, and guidance are very different things. You know what I mean? Um, but... I don't know. Maybe they're it's, all maybe it's when, different sides of maybe, the same coin. Maybe when you put out as much of material as I do, you can't always expect people to respond to everything. Yeah. Um, but you just got to do it for yourself at the at the end of the day. Yes. Because not everyone's gonna res not everyone's gonna respond to everything that you do. You know. And if you stop doing it because you're not getting validation from others, then unless people freak out from any little thing that you drop, then you're not going to be doing it for very long. I think a lot of a lot of artists, and I say artists in air quotes, are seeking the validation and the fame and the adoration from other people for the art that they create. And when they don't get it, they stop doing it, you know? And I think that's the difference between people that are like doing it for the right reasons and doing it for the wrong reasons. Like, like people that come out with one song, it doesn't blow up and then they just give up because they didn't, they thought that it was going to be the, everyone was going to be all over it, you know? And it's like, no, you can't expect 
every song that you put out to be a huge hit, um, that's not the way it works, you know? True. You can't just do it for the attention that you get. You should be doing it to do it. Do it for the fun of it, you know? That's when that's when things happen the most anyway, if you notice. When you do things for the fun of it, instead of do thing, I'm going to do this because I know it's going to be really popular. That's not, you know, you can never tell. That's the crazy thing. You can never tell what is going to catch on and what it's not going to catch on. No, you can't. I think that for me, like this whole family issue, um, like the word even, the people that are biologically related to me don't, like when I think of family, don't really even come to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my chosen family. It's people like you and like Johnny McGovern. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a few others, like my sis Ailey that lives here and Gigi and... Uh, all those people, and I think that. Well, it's probably it why wouldn't... you were so affected by the breakup that you had before we moved here with your best friend of fifteen years, who I'm sure you did consider family. Yes, I mean that like rocked me to my core. That yeah. like scooped out my insides, and I had to like see. I don't think it would scattered I... them all. That's the and thing. I, think... I don't like. I was. Um, I was. Uh, I was a little bit like, I mean, I can understand how you feel, but I wouldn't feel like that. If, if I had a friend that turned their back on me, I don't, I would not be as deeply affected as you were because I know that at the end of the day, if everything comes crashing down, I've still got my family to go back to, you know? And, Mm. and so and I'm not trying to say that go. to make you feel bad. I you guess know, that's probably I you mean, know what I mean. I but I think maybe that's why it hits you so much harder because that is your core. You know what I mean? Like that was your core. So they're taking out a part of you that you thought was going to be there forever. You know? Yes, and I invested a lot in that relationship. Yeah, and I mean that's going to be something that I'm dealing with for a, quite a while to come. Mm. It's better than it has been, but. It's, I'm going to be, that's going to be something that's with me for, for forever. Yeah. But like, we have very differing, like, reactions to like family stuff. And I think that was kind of what I found really interesting about Mm. the subject in general. Um, because it's just not, it's like kind of a non-existent thing for me. So I kind of, when I see it, it's like, it's very observational. Mm. It's like watching a nature show. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because you're taken out of your, yeah. It's like, like I'm very much an observer. Mm-hmm. Even like the relation, like the relationship that Ailey has with her mom. My, right. My best oldest friend. Um, I feel very much a part of it. Because they do feel like my family. They mm-hmm. are my family. Um, but 
I still kind of like sit back and like marvel at that relationship um, because it's not something that I have. Mm. Um, But I don't feel, it's funny whenever, cause like when I really get into like my history and like where I've come from, it generally elicits like a really kind of shocked reaction Mm. or makes me, the reaction that I get makes me think about it differently because I experienced it, right? I lived it. It was pretty horrible, but like I survived and am fairly well adjusted considering. I mean, like, you know, I'm not a heroin addict in the gutter, homeless or anything. Not that there's any, not that, you know, being unhoused or an addict are your fault because they're not. <laughs> right, um, right. I'm just saying there's a lot worse. I could have had a lot worse reactions uh-huh. to uh, yeah. my circumstances than I had. But People that came from weird. better circumstances have ended up worse. Exactly. That's for sure. Exactly. Um, but I also have this thing of like, you know, I didn't walk around with you know, black eyes all the time. So it wasn't that bad. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. a lot of people that survive situations like abusive situations are like, it wasn't that bad. Mm. You know, like I didn't get completely beat up all the time. Right. You know, like I only got the belt once in a while, mm. that kind of stuff. You make excuses for the abuse. Like you make Right excuses for the things that went on or you like don't see I just the only way to get past it I think is to kind of detach yourself from it to a certain extent and when I share like a lot of my past I usually get a very like oh my god sort of reaction uh, because people don't really expect it Mm -hmm. Um, and are a little surprised that I am the way that I am and have come from where I came from Mm. because I mean when I think about it and take myself out of it. If I was just talking, telling a story, I mean, it's kind of a sad fucking story. Um, yeah. You know, so, but I think I'm beginning to like take back, take ownership of all of that and actually like really think about it and, um, and try and like incorporate the changes that I'm making in my adult life. Mm. And, uh, Acknowledge the, you know, the child that was, but also like not ignore it completely, but also try and like move forward a little bit. But there's like, when you talk about family, like it's my, there wasn't a lack of family. There was never that the, the lack of family, the lack of like familial affection uh, ended as soon as I left home. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like a whole life lived without. A fam- like without right, some you family had people bonds. around you. It's not like you're in foster care. No, exactly. But no, like that's what I'm talking about is the people that I surrounded myself, the people that I chose. And I think, uh, you know, oh, you're saying like after, yeah. I'm talking about. I mean, if there's one person that had the like, and the most impact on my entire life. I think there is, it's very clear to me that that would be Johnny McGovern. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of Johnny McGovern, (laughs) 
Who is she? Who is she? She is he and the pimp daddy of it all. The pimpest, gayest, pimpinest. Of so gay. All. Yeah, that's so gay. <laughs> so gay. I'm like, um, he's the gayest. He's the gayest of all time. Of all time. Johnny McGovern. John T. McGovern. What can you even say? I mean, it speaks for itself. All of his work. All, everyone knows. I mean, everyone knows who he is. Uh, I guess I want to. Like, he's the talk he's about the most he famous underpaid celebrity of of them all. Mm-hmm. I guess you know we've talked about how we met. I guess a little bit before on this podcast, or have we even? Anyway, let's just, we'll go. We'll go over one more again because I think where these who we she's now are going to be more people that maybe we didn't do before because. I was kind of thinking, like, what if people listen to it some like years in the future? Girl, it's our never, podcast. We, we can never, say whoever the hell know, she. We and can. We never talked about. We can pick whoever because he's we involved in pick. every. He's involved in every aspect. Just of because our they know lives. who she is already. There. Well, I was thinking that maybe at some point somebody might not know. It's possible. So, if they've been living living under a rock, never seen Hey Queen. Get with it, kids. Get with it, kids. If you don't know, give it a Google. And, <laughs> uh, and you'll, I mean, I can't imagine anyone within the sound of my voice doesn't know who Johnny McGovern is. But if you don't, just Google the name. They might not know you... all about Johnny McGovern, though, because he's done a lot of different things throughout yes. his entire lengthy even career. If you, do, if, you, if you do know him for, like from Hey Queen and that's it, Again, Girl. I would suggest giving. <laughs> I would suggest giving it a this Google. Thing. He's got three albums, four. Al- I don't even know he's four albums. I think I've done three albums. albums with him, and he had an album before that. He's got. I mean, the man is a pioneer. solo albums. Not to mention the other albums that he produced for other people. Yes, the man is a pioneer, um, a gay icon. Yeah, for uh, sure. We could talk about his myriad accomplishments for hours and hours and hours. I mean, he used but to I, be a regular guest on Ricky Lake. Ricky Hello? Lake. I mean, the man is legit famous. Uh, you know. He was on the uh, Big Gay Sketch Show. The Big Gay Sketch Logo. Show is so good. If you've never, oh, if you don't know what the Big Gay hilarious. Sketch Show is, uh, is that like on it. streaming somewhere? Yeah, it's, yeah, you can get it. Oh my god, you, you guys get, gotta you can go get it. into it. The Big Ace Get Show was so fucking hilarious and deserved to go on for yeah. many, many more seasons. But of course. But of course, it was canceled way before its time. Yeah. And also, Mr. Julie Goldman Julie is Goldman. on it as well. Yeah. Um, so good. Such an amazing show. But like for me personally, like I met Johnny probably I think in like 2001. Um, we became really fast friends. Um, Johnny's has this role in a lot of people's lives. It's kind of a the ultimate cheerleader. I mean, for me, he was probably the person that I listened to the most. I mean, I don't know. Was he? He wasn't. He's not that much older than I am, but he just has a very fatherly energy. To me, and I guess if he kind of fulfilled that role in my life, I, I'm thinking about it now, it's kind of a gag, but I guess 
I mean, because he had the yeah. most. He, he had the he most. Is, he's a leader. He had, he's you know? a leader. He's a he leader. Had, but and, he had the most impact on my life personally of any single person that exists. Like, yeah. I would not be here. Do I would not. Eric Couture probably wouldn't still right. exist. Yeah. Uh, my album never would have happened. Mm. I wouldn't have. I would have stopped doing drag a long time ago. Mm. Um uh, and if I had stopped doing drag before, I, I would have stopped doing all of this before I ever worked for Suzanne Barsh, before I ever traveled the world, mm-hmm. before any of the wonderful things, before any of my music was made, before I met you, before, you know what I mean? I wouldn't have met a lot of the people that I now know. Right. And uh, before I you met be him, the person. You were, n- you know, drag was just something that you were just doing. It so was that a kiki. It was fun. The club. Yeah, exactly. Um, Johnny believed in me when I didn't believe in myself, Mm -hmm. which was a lot of the time. Uh, and I feel like he does that for a lot of people. He was awarded the Tran Angel Award at the Glammys. He was because of his, he just like, he's such a huge cheerleader for, he was always such a huge cheerleader for everything. He saw like queer community. He saw like. Star the potential, star potential, the in queer artists. What made people amazing, and then was like, "Let's get this on camera. Let's get this on tape. Let's make you a music video." Because, like, I want to show the world what I see in you. You know, it's a really powerful thing. Um, and like I said, I can't overstate the impact that he's had on my life. It's yeah. not. It can't be overstated. I mean, he's directly inspired me to do many of the songs that I've done. And, um, I mean, he's the one that told me to write the song Faggity Attention. Yeah. Like literally he told me, and it was more of a joke at the time, but he's the one that was like, you should do a song called Faggity Attention. And he told me exactly what it was about. And then I just had to write it. It was hilarious. It was he's also like a crazy. very great curator of people, like yeah. of groups of people. I mean, he's, he's brought together many he, amazing groups. He's over the, the one years. that basically gave me the confidence to produce music for other people. I had never produced music for other people until I started working for him. And then he basically turned me into like the music producer of New York City, of gay New York City nightlife scene, because I had produced, I had worked with everybody. Because of him, because he, we did East Village Mixtape, East Village Mixtape 2, um, which w- had like all of the top, you know, New York City nightlife personalities on it, right? Yes. Like, so it's just crazy. Like, I had done, I said, I've worked with this person, I've worked with that person, I've worked, you know, Kevin Aviance, um, like everybody. It's crazy. And 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 I never really can even consider myself a music producer until I started working with him, and then we, and then I produced music for him that was like number one on logo, you know, getting mm-hmm. played all around the clubs of New York City. It was just like amazing to me, you know. I mean, he's a gay icon. Uh, yeah. He has launched the careers of countless individuals, myself included. On a personal note, like has gotten me through some rough times. And like I said, it's just like believed, shown active belief, not just like 
empty words or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. or or consolations. You know what I mean? The man let the, me sleep on his couch belief. for an entire year when I moved to L.A. Yeah. Um, he's definitely, I mean, he's kept me from, uh, working. He's kept me housed. Mm. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about him. Yeah. It's just not possible. We don't have enough time. Uh, I love you deeply and dearly, Johnny McGovern. Yeah. Cause I know that he listens to this. So he's a definitely a listener. This he's even is, a subscriber to our Patreon. No, it's funny. That's so crazy. I just, I can't, it's hard to express like the depth of emotion that I feel without like crying my makeup off that I feel for this man. Because yeah. It's like. Johnny it's is one of the friends that I can, I can always rely on to respond to everything that I'm doing. He, he sees it all. He wants to hear it. He wants to, you know, he's going to share it. He's going to tell people about it. Like, and that, and honestly, that's, it's rare. Even of all my the people that I call my friends, you know, not everyone is like going to like trying to amplify my voice as an artist. No, and he's got his own fucking shit to he's do. Got, he's got tons of shit going on, but and at the same time, he's still interest like in every one of promoting us. for us more than like we probably promote for ourselves. You know, it's, nu- it's, it's nuts. crazy. The man is, um, we love you, Johnny. A godsend. Uh, my life would be. Nowhere near what it is without him. For sure. Um, and I can't even express in words the love that I have for the man. So, again, if you don't know who the fuck Johnny McGovern is, use your fingers. Go Google, on YouTube. Google a bitch. Uh, go on YouTube. Type in Johnny McGovern. And not not and just Hey have, Queen. Look at all the music. No. Vid- he's got tons of music videos. He's been on TV shows. He's done it all. So He's done it all. Um I mean, he was and the, I mean, maybe really my, at the end of the day. Very possibly, talk my, about a pioneer. Pioneer of viral internet videos. He really, literally, like you. I I knew of him before I met him when I was in college in Boston. I remember seeing like there was this gay artist, pop star, whatever, which was unheard of at the time, and. I went to his website and watched the music video for Looking Cute, Feeling Cute that apparently had that like I was in. a million downloads or something. Yeah. Like this was pre-YouTube. He had his own website uh-huh. and was letting people download his video from his website. Like I don't even know how he figured out how to do that at that time. But like he was like doing viral gave it music videos before YouTube even existed. Yeah, soccer practice was soccer a practice. viral. Soccer practice was like a viral hit before he even really knew how to use the internet. Like before people were even using Yeah. Like people like us artists, like we weren't even using the, the internet. internet to promote ourselves no. at all. No. Like he was famous on the internet before he said he says this before he even had a computer. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's really crazy. Before he even had a, his own laptop. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He's a legend. We love him. We love you, Johnny. Baby.
you done now? What have you done? Done. Done for you. What have you done? What have you done for you lately? Oh, what have I done? Well, I've been showering on a regular basis. And that seems like a step up from where I was last week. Okay. Um, I made myself lunch like pretty much every day this past week. <laughs> um, brushed my teeth. Thank you very much. And um, have I worked out? No, I haven't. But you know what? I'm still thin. <laughs> Yes. Um, we went um, on a hike the other day. Yes, we so had been on a hike for a while. Good. So that did feel good. Uh, we've been doing. We did a lot. We uh, we comp- uh, we have started editing your music video that, really that will be premiering on our live stream Very next happy with Tuesday. It. Yes. This this coming Tuesday, because this comes out on Wednesday. So this coming Tuesday, make sure to tune into living uh, twitch.tv slash living room live on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern Pacific for the worldwide, worldwide premiere, premiere of Erica Tours EP compilation music video extravaganza. Extravaganza power. Um, we're, we've been editing it. Um, I, I've been you have been editing, editing it, it and you've you been telling me what, what looks good, and um, I'm really excited about it. I think it, it looks, looks really cunty. cool. It's super like really, cunty. it came out super like I thought it was going to be cool, but I didn't think it was going to be cunt like this. that cool. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be cunt like this. Um, I was prepared to be like, I'm just going to let it be what it is, mm-hmm. but. No, it's, it's looking no, good. It's, it's, looking looks, good. it's looking good. So yeah, we did that. Uh, the EP's coming out. We did, got all that stuff out of the way. Um, um, and uh, yeah, what else have we done? Jesus. Oh, I did a huge project last week that fucking you, knocked oh, yeah. the shit out of me. Because I'm an old lady, apparently. Me. Well, that's a lot of stuff to do it those was are, a lot you did like those are two big pieces of furniture you i did do two giant pieces of furniture i got a, a new big six drawer dresser that i stained and put together myself mm-hmm. from ikea also i constructed an armoire out of two cabinets and a dresser mm-hmm. um to like that i, just, I also stained yeah, and put together i would have myself. never i would have never set myself up for that i would rather Spend the money. <laughs> Spend five times as much money. Yes, exactly. that's how much it would be for the yeah, furniture that looks for like sure. that. Um, I wasn't about to do that. But I did want. I did need new stuff. I feel so much better in my room now without all that stuff everywhere. It's just yeah. like it's so it's unbelievable. Uh, I still have yet to do the complete shift of belongings because the point of getting those things was to shift things out of my closet. I haven't done that yet because I need more room to hang up my drag because mm-hmm. my drag is increasing by the week. Not this week, but it is increasing <laughs> by the week. This is new to y'all. The drag storage um, has increased drags, this week. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, so that but the thing is, after I was bent over for three hours a day staining mm-hmm. uh, these items on the ground, I was so sore the next day that I could barely fucking move. 
I was well, in bed. A lady like, of a certain age. I was making old. I was making dad noises every time I had to bend over. <sighs> yep. Yep. But you did it. You got it done. I got it done, and it looks great. It's the most beautiful pink and uh, pink dresser, uh, pink stained dresser, and the most beautiful purple stained armoire. Yep. It goes lovely Super with cute. my blue with my other blue. Dresser, um, dresser, chest of drawers, chest of drawers, and uh, your coral nightstand. My coral nightstand. You know what I did this week that is one of my favorite things to do is I produced a song and released it. Oh yes, you did, Adam Joseph featuring Britney, Britney Spears, Britney y'all, Spears, y'all, at the LGBTQ community. Um, I at the LGBTQ we did a podcast, community. We did a podcast with Johnny, Johnny McGovern. McGovern. On Thursday, when we were talking all about Britney Spears' message to the, or, sorry, at the LGBTQ community <laughs> um, that she posted on her Instagram and how it was just, she looked a mess. It was very weird and awkward and like felt like she was being forced to do it. Oh, and, poor Britney. And so modern um, day Francis Farmer. I, I said to myself, I while that. we were doing the podcast, I was like, wait a minute. We're sitting here talking about this. We literally talked about only that, that and only that for an hour. And I was like, wait a minute. This is my next track, my next pitch track. And at then the you LGBTQ. made it that, the next day and released it that day as well. I did. Yes. Because that's my favorite way to do it. Got to get it out there while it's hot. I guess so. Yeah. I, I told um, myself on Thursday night, I'm going to do that tomorrow morning. What did I do? That. that. <laughs> so I'm like... I'm pretty proud of what I accomplished this week because it was difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but now I got to buckle down and focus on uh, promoting the stuff that's coming you out. You do need to let them know. I need to let everybody know and, uh, and also get back alert on my the press sketch. outlets. But I keep, I feel like that's a weekly thing that we both keep saying. We need to get back on our sketch. I just don't know if it's going to happen. But I, I do on know that sketch? I need to have, like, <laughs> any type of sketch. I just, um, I just like, have, I, not, I have to make a yeah. sketch. I you have, have to. to make the schedule. You have to know what you're going to do yeah. before you can do it. I need a specific, a very specific sketch, though. Um, yeah. There are, there are things that I need to start doing earlier in the week. Uh, I I, there, I know what needs to happen. Just me sitting down and like making a schedule for myself seems crazy. But I'm gonna. I just have to make the or at time least to make a it. list of things you want to get done. But so see, then when I you're do that, but when that you're sitting around wasting time, you can look at your list and say, "Oh, that's what I need to be doing right no, now." No, I need like tiny to time out. But do you have a list of the things that you need to get done in general? Because that's where you need. I have to start. a partial list. That's where you full, need. I don't have a. That's full where list. you have to start. Then you can allot the time to get those things done. I have a partial list. I do not have a full list. I, I just keep my list going every time. There's always something. There's never. It, it's never over. I got to promote all this stuff. Um, that's never coming out, ends. and then I I need to start. I actually about, I need to get in touch with. Sometimes I do things slower. Clifton. Sometimes I do things slower just because I'm scared that my list is going to end. And if my list ends, then what am I supposed to do? That's my ultimate fear, honestly, is not having anything to do. Yeah, that's, that is that makes sense. Yeah. So sometimes I'm just, I just start procrastinating because I only have like four more things on my list. So I'm like, well, I don't want to finish everything. <laughs> wow. Then what am I going to do? <laughs> Sit around and talk to Erica? Jeez. Wouldn't want to do that. Nope. 
an hour a week so, is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently. So, yeah. But um, we did get things done. We're getting it done. And um, I swear to God, I don't know where all the time goes. I mean, a lot of Fucking it goes to warp. us sitting on a couch watching TV. I'm not going to lie. But the thing is... We ha- I don't. I feel like I'm doing that less now. I don't know what my time is being spent. On. I mean, I. Uh, but it. But at the end of the day, it's like. I feel like Tuesday, and I turn around. It's Tuesday again. Yeah, time to record Tuesday, the podcast. It's Tuesday again. <laughs> yeah. It's well, crazy. Have, doing, have, do, having such a jam-packed day every week pushes uh, everything else. Pushes to other everything days. else. To other days, yeah. but it also makes. I don't know. It makes you feel like I feel like the day before I'm just getting like kind of trying to get ready for today, and then the day after, I feel like I'm decompressing from today, and then that's already two days else of the week. Three days. Three three days. days There's only seven days. There's only seven days exactly. And then if you take off on the weekends, you only got like half a day. So I need to restructure my week, um, and just. Figure out what the fuck that means. Make a list. Yeah, I gotta make a list <laughs> and uh, all that jazz. I feel like I said that on the very first episode of this show. Yeah, well, I don't listen to anything that you say, so apparently it's okay. you don't. Speaking I just of look not at you, I just listening look at you, to anything I, just I say, look at you and nod uh-huh. and pretend like I'm listening. Yeah, but just get lost listen. in my beauty. I understand. Yeah, I try um, not to barf. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> Trying not to barf. <laughs> How's your head? Oh my gosh. Elvira, I'm sorry. Are you all right? Yeah, I think so. How's your head? Well, I haven't had any complaints yet. Excuse me? How's your head, Erica? Well, it's good, actually. Oh, wow. I'm feeling like... Uh, it's good. Not only have she not had any complaints yet, it's actually good, ladies it's and good. gentlemen. Well, that is actually very true. <laughs> <laughs> My head is great. Wow. Um, I have had no complaints, Adam Joseph. I haven't had any complaints yet. Not I forgot yet. that I was there's supposed still to time. Say. I guess there's still time. No. You forgot you were supposed to say Yeah, I not. forgot I was supposed to say that. I haven't had any complaints yet. I guess I forgot. Um, but yeah, I, I've upped my dosage and that's really good. Uh, I'm just going to keep doing this for a while and see what happens. All right. But I feel good. Yeah. Uh, I'm more sensitive, but also have more energy. So... It's like a, it's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been doing fine. I've been doing okay. I'll make it. Okay, I'll make it through. That's it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not. Um, you're not interested in sharing anything else. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean I said that I got up and showered and brushed my teeth, so obviously I'm not doing that bad. <laughs> That's a Clearly. big indicator of how 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 I'm doing. Cause if I can get get my get the energy up to accomplish that, I feel like I can pretty much do anything. 
Um, I got new tires. You did get new tires. Um, I've been feeling a little less angry. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to eat on a more regular schedule. I was really, it was bad for a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to listen to my body more. Um, it seems to be working. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the problem. I would listen to my body and be like, bitch, you're hungry. And then I'd be like, I'm not going to get up and eat. <laughs> I'm just going to lay here. So... I yeah. For me, what I my impulse is I'm a snacker. Yeah, no, I we talked about been. this last week, didn't we? I, I don't think so. I don't like to snack. I like to just eat and be full and be done with it until uh, it's completely. Oh necessary yeah, we did talk about that. Again. But I'm a snacker, so I've been trying to listen to my body and like just do that. Mm-hmm. And I've been getting lots of wonderful, delicious things because they make they're making more and more wonderful, delicious things that I can eat on my diet um, that I'm finding around so i just have i just like to keep stocked on like yummy delicious snacks and sometimes and get the i'm trying to say gorgeous delicious snacks i don't i i hate the feeling of being full so when i'm making a large meal for myself it's kind of like i'm forced it it's only because i feel like i have to not because i want it Hmm. i just i think i'm just gonna decrease the size of my like i'm just gonna listen to like my body listen to what i want to do because i'm fucking grown I'll Eat do what I want. An organic Eat pear. an organic pear. Well, good. I think we're but doing good. I think we're hanging in there. We are hanging in there. Um, I, you know, even though coronavirus has gotten even worse. It's unbelievable. And uh, we're in for some... They thought that they could try it, it for some reason and completely ignore the problem. And guess what? It got worse. Just like mental health. It doesn't work. No, it got much, much worse. It got way worse. So now now we got to shut it, shut it all down, shut it down, shut it all down again for a whole month. Yeah, Um, and at least they required masks now, so that people people can't just go into the grocery store coughing all over everybody. Girl, we're just really in for it. But, but this these uh, magical properties of this wonderful fungus that I'm ingesting. Are keeping me feeling pretty fucking good. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. Um, so, what do you have to tell? You have the list. I have things to tell you guys. I want to tell you that I Several love each many and things. every one of you. First of all, <laughs> I love you guys. Second of all, we're going to be doing an after-hour show right after this episode, where we're gonna get. I have a feeling we're going to get into some serious family stories that we did not have time to get into on this episode. Although we did talk quite a bit. But, but, but I mean, I have... obviously way more to tell. I have gajillions of them. So. And if you want to see us live in action in living color, check us out on our live stream on twitch.tv slash living room live. You can find the link in uh, my Instagram bio. Mine too. And Erica's. You can so. also watch us on Facebook. I feel like a lot of people have been doing that. You can watch us on Facebook. Um, but my if Facebook. you want to chat with us live as we take several mini breaks to chat with the audience, you got to go to Twitch so you can chat with us in real time. Um, um, visit our Patreon, patreon.com slash turning purple where you can get access to our after show after hours and and tons of music from us we're putting up 
uh, slowly putting up our catalog of releases. Um, so yeah, go visit that. It's only $10 a month for an after show after every episode of Turning Purple. An after show and lots of music. Lots of music. Lots of music to come now and lots of music to come. Um, and whatever else follow us on twitter at turning purple underscore follow me and erica on twitter and instagram i'm at adam joseph music and i'm at erica tour e-r-i-c-k-a-t-o-u-r-e write us do you have questions comments queries concerns um you should write us write us Turning purple pod at, at gmail.com. And finally, please take a moment if you're enjoying this lovely podcast to go to Apple Podcasts and review us. Yeah, leave us a nice review. Leave us a nice Give us review. Five stars. Get us five stars. And most importantly, tell a friend about turning purple so that we can build our audience and spread our kiki and carry of it all to even carry more and listeners. very seriousness yes <laughs> um but there's also some kiki and some carry um yeah so uh are those all the things that you have to tell those people? are my things that i need to tell we love hearing from you yeah, um, check write us on Twitter and we get some very nice messages. Yeah, we love hearing from you guys, um, and we generally res- we while. respond to all of them because I would feel horrible if we didn't. So, yeah, just, so make Eric everyone write at the same time so we can freak Erica out and make her go on a crazy email campaign to reply to every single one. Thanks, because <laughs> I want to see that. Uh huh. Yeah, I know you like to see me suffer. I do. So until next time, (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week here on Turning Turning Purple. Purple.